0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM.
1: You're listening to a Reunion Radio edition of Knowledge at Wharton, live from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania during Alumni Weekend. Here again is Dan Loney. And welcome back. Our reunion radio special continuing on this Friday here on Sirius XM 132. Business radio powered by the Wharton School. Just a reminder, that we are our show is live with you each and every weekday, ten A.M. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific for two hours. And then our show replays in the evenings. 12 hours later, 10 p.m. east, 7 p.m. Pacific time. And also a reminder, make sure that you go to the SiriusXM website so that you can download the app and listen to all the great channels here on the SiriusXM network, whether it be downloading it to your smartphone, your tablet, home computer, whatever you like. Go to SiriusXM.com app to find out more. Our next Warden alum works in the area of workforce management solutions, which includes a wide range of issues in play today for companies and government agencies. But he also has a venture that helps connect people with others to try and solve unique problems. Raymond Zhao is the founder and CEO of Covendis. He's also the founder of Pour Your Cup. Great to see you. Welcome back to campus. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you. Let's let's start with Covendus. And obviously, when you're talking about workforces these days, and and part of your business is dealing with government agencies, state governments, how unique is the dynamic of working with a with a government agency these days, and, and providing them with the proper services that they need, knowing that in many cases budgets are tight for state governments.
0: Well, I I think it's uh, very unique in that, uh, you know, all businesses and organizations are looking to, you know, trim costs and try to do more with less. Uh, But I think, you know, government has the added responsibility of being good stewards for their constituents, many of which are supplying services, you know, right back to those agencies. So they have to figure out a way to be Fair to everybody to be equitable, right. uh, and at the same time extract the best value that they can. So,
1: I think it was five state governments that that you're currently working with. So, when you're dealing with a government, what what are the range of services that you that you're able to provide them?
0: Well, we're actually uh, kind of in a niche space. Uh, we actually help organizations manage their contractors and consultants, uh, and as it relates to the government, um, you know, for the states that we work in, we're primarily. Uh, bidding out work related to uh, IT contractors. Right. And so we we do all of the e-bidding. Uh, we manage all of the onboarding for them, the background verification checks. Uh, and then we manage on the back end all of the billing, um, you know, the billing and invoicing so that the government gets, you know, an exact bill, um, you know, and everything's, you know, ticked and tied.
1: And the IT part of it, uh, very important for every government these days because of, of what the services are that people need uh, to be able to provide, uh, it, it ends up being an incredibly important piece to, to a government infrastructure right now.
0: Oh, sure. I mean, they've got everything from, you know, new technologies that they need to implement to legacy technologies that they have to support, where, you know, there may be very few people out there that can do it.
1: It, it feels like that there are more and more companies that are looking at these areas, workforce management in general these days. Is, is that a fair assessment?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many aspects to it today. I mean, you've got, you know, everything from security concerns to cost concerns uh, to immigration concerns because there's a lack of skills out there. Uh, so, yeah, so there there are companies that are trying to tackle the problems, the many problems uh, that organizations have from different angles.
1: And, and I would imagine there are instances where, for a government and maybe in cases of companies as well, it's easier to outsource some of this operation, to be able to put it in the hands of, of a company like yours, to be able to to do that so that they can focus on other projects as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you can get a, you know, if you can get somebody that specializes in a certain area, you know, you can get those efficiencies that you probably couldn't get um, by trying to build that internally. How much do you also, do you delve in, into staffing as well? Well, so we we help manage the staffing companies that do business with the government. Uh, We're actually what we call vendor neutral so that we don't provide any of the same services that the staffing companies provide or the consulting companies provide. Um, And in that way, we create kind of a neutral marketplace, if you will. Pour Your Cup is another venture.
1: And I get the sense in looking at it that this was really a a, a want to do something like this for you and a, a real calling for you to, be, to put together a website where you can connect people.
0: Yes. Uh, so actually, this happened at my last high school reunion. Um, you know, a bunch of alums got together afterwards and, uh, you know, I went to a small uh, high school in New York City. Um, and it's very it's very tight knit. Uh, And we were all talking about at lunch uh, after reunion about, you know, how could we help other alums uh, of the school, you know, besides just giving money. Uh, And we came across the concept of, well, you know, there, you know, a lot of folks could use, you know, whether it's job leads or internships or things like that. Uh, And it's just very, it was just very hard to figure out um, how to connect to the people that, you know, could offer an internship and the people uh, that could use one. And so the, the Pour your cup is actually a picture phrase for what we what we aspire to, which is, you know, we all have something to give at one point or another. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, our responsibility is hopefully to be able to pour ourselves into others and to invest in others and to do small favors for one another. Um, and so that's how things got started.
1: And, and I guess the belief is that really down deep, everybody wants to help out somebody else at some point.
0: Yes. And, and at the same time, we could also use some help every now and then.
1: Do you, is it something where people feel at times where they, they just don't have the confidence to,
0: to come out and ask for that help? I, I think it's a combination of, um, you know, so I, the, the mission of Pour Your Cub is really to make it easier for people to do small favors for one another. Right. Uh, and so I think there's, there's, there needs to be some grease on both sides. There needs to be – it needs to be easier for people to be able to request and ask for you know, little or big favors, uh, and there needs to be an easier mechanism for people that have something to offer for them to be able to give it. And, right. and the example that I like to use is you know, it's, it would be difficult to imagine that you'd go through um, – you know, you'd expend three hours of your time to do somebody a 15-minute favor. Right, so but yeah. if we could make it, if we could make it, you know, easier to do that, uh, a lot more of those fifteen-minute favors might happen. So, how how are the connections made between people? So, we've actually developed an app uh, that I'm piloting right now at my high school, uh, and it really is, um, you know, everybody can set up their own profile and they can set up um, basically offers and requests. So, at any given time, they can have, uh, you know, they can say, you know, I could offer uh, an internship or job advice or job leads in this particular area or in this particular location, like Uh New York City. Um, And at the same time, they can also put in requests for, hey, I could use some advice uh, with, you know, accounting or, you know, some of the older alums could use some help with uh, computers uh, from the younger alums.
1: And that's a unique dynamic to it, right? Now, in looking at some of the stories that you have up on the website, is you have stories from teenagers that were in high school, yet you also have people that are 30- and 40-year professionals that, that are out there as well.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we connected a, uh, a 1965 grad uh, and a 2020 grad, uh, you know, who was, who had, was a freshman uh, in junior high school, so a seventh grader and somebody who graduated back in 1965, <laughs> uh, who was an accomplished author. Um, and it was a mutually beneficial relationship. I mean, you would not imagine uh, just the glowing reviews on both sides of, of what that interaction was like. And and it's those interactions that, you know, I'm not sure would happen if it weren't for something like Pour Your Cup.
1: There's a, there's obviously a. Uh, a market outcome, positive outcome, when you're able to solve that problem. But there's also something to be said about the relationship that ends up being built, as you said, with a high school graduate from 1965 and a high school graduate that will be in 2020, seemingly probably with not a whole lot in common right off the bat, except for the fact that they were going or one went to the same high school as the other.
0: Yeah. And you never know where those interactions will come from. I mean, you know, so as we as I was exploring this, uh, I would ask everybody, uh, you know, that that could stand it. You know, hey, has something has somebody done something for you without any expectation of return? Um, you know, that's changed your life. Uh, and, you know, the the stories were were pretty far ranging. And um, what was amazing was, you know, and we still haven't figured this out is why did that person decide to help you you know at that particular time at that moment right. in your life right um and and that's a little bit of the mystery uh it could be that you know for some that have provided the help they said well you know i i saw some something in that person that reminded me of myself way back when or you know uh of a friend that i knew um so they they saw something in that person uh, and they decided to go ahead and, and do something for them.
1: And obviously being, uh, uh, developing this in an app, but also online, uh, with a website as well, it, it, it does give you the opportunity to have potentially a global connection between people of different countries at some point.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, and there are some, there are some simple examples, uh, you know, as we were taking a look at this, uh, I had a friend who was a motorcycle enthusiast, um, I think he had a BMW motorcycle and apparently there's this uh, rider's book or something like that where, you know, if you needed a room and a shower, uh, you can tap into this network of BMW owners around the world for something like that. I mean, you just, you know, that's that's kind of unbelievable. Yeah. So it'd be like this. We're
1: joined in studio by Raymond Zhao, who is the founder and CEO of Cavendish. He is also the founder of Pour Your Cup. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 132, business radio powered by the Wharton School. I, I would imagine it, the fact that this can be either personal or professional assistance gives it a unique dynamic as well in that we all want to, at times, want to reach out for somebody on a personal matter. We also may find ourselves in a situation where we need professional help as well
0: yeah no absolutely and that and that is a little bit of the tricky part that we're trying to figure out. I mean, um you know, I think we feel very strongly when we first set up pour your Cup. you know we had a set of core values that uh, we we needed to make sure that we followed, and one of them is that that money can't be involved in any of the transactions right because it really changes the dynamic of the relationship. you know advice mixed in with money is really consulting uh job leads. Mixed in with money is really recruiting, so so, and that's not what we're really after. Um, so, you know, I think the trick is how do we keep this to where gratitude, just a simple thank you, uh, is really the only currency on the platform, um, but still make the platform self sustaining. The, the
1: the good part about it is, I, I think in this era that we're in right now, with all the divisiveness that we see coming in a variety of different forms, whether it be. At times in our government, at whether it be in our cultures as well, to be able to to bring people together ends up being a way to be able to solve potentially some of those problems as well.
0: Oh, sure, because I think uh, you're absolutely right, because I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're, we're really looking for commonalities or common ground on this platform. Uh, and hopefully, you know, even though people may have age differences or political differences or, or, you know, there may be lots of other differences, but I think there's also a lot uh, that folks have in common as well.
1: There was a unique line that I, that I saw on the website that I wanted to, to, to bring up, a- and it says, telling one story will help leave a legacy, but will also inspire others. And that, that's, a, that's a great statement for what we hope people will be able to leave for the next generation.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think because we're all, uh, in a way, we're all apprentices. And so when we see something happen, you know, I I think there's there's good hormones that go off and then it kind of sticks with us uh, and hopefully we'll pass it along as well.
1: All right. So let's talk about the business side of this for a second. You mentioned doing an app and I guess in today's society, making those connections via the smartphone is probably the easiest way to be able to to make as many connections as as potential.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, So you know, so I think for right now, we, you know, my wife and I are kind of funding uh, the app development, uh, and again, we're we're trying to perfect, uh, you know, that making it easier, um, you know, to do favors for one another piece first, and then we'll try to figure out, you know, how how the app can be kind of self sustaining from a from a business perspective because. I did go to Wharton, so uh, I kind of understand <laughs> that, uh, you know, things need to, you know, th- there's kind of like laws of economics involved.
1: Well, it, it, tell us about your experience here at Wharton during your time and uh, getting your degree and and what that has meant to you now being in the business world for a
0: long period of time. Well, I you know, I think um, it's, it's funny because uh, the one thing that I'll point out is, is I used to really dislike accounting. I mean, I was always more of a, (laughs) more of a poet than a quant, right? And, um, but, you know, today running a small business, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that I use almost every day is, is the accounting piece, you know, uh, and so, you know, all the, all the other, some of the other classes that might have been more interesting at the time, um, you know, now looking back at things, uh, you know, the, the practical things kind of come to the forefront. But but I had a great time um, at Wharton, you know, made a lot of great friends. And it is that network uh, that I find is is very powerful.
1: It sounds like that there are times where the work that you're putting together for Pour Your Cup can end up having a benefit in the work you're doing with Covendis as well.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, you know, what we're trying to do is, is again, you know, a, a lot of what we're, we're trying to do with Pour Your Cup is about making uh, connections. You know, these, it's this discretionary effort that people expend to try to connect people with one another. Uh, and so I think in the, you know, if you think of, of contractors and consultants, um, you know, they kind of live and die business-wise mm-hmm. uh, through the leads and connections that they make. And by trying to, to,
1: to a degree, simplify those efforts of people – you're You're bettering
0: their life to a degree as well exactly, so you know if you know in the recruiting world, if you're looking for people um with skills and talents, you know if, if there are fewer and fewer people out there, you have to expend more and more capital or more resources in order to find them. But if you can kind of energize um you know the contractor community if you will, so that uh, people are kind of just helping each other out with with leads. Uh, it actually makes it actually reduces the cost of finding people.
1: The bi- the biggest difference is that you have so many structures in place with government that you kind of have to work through to be able to to make a lot of these things actually occur.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's it's a completely different you know one's discretionary and and one's a lot more just you know very business based <laughs> i was going to
1: say it sometimes would be nice if you could flip that a little bit and the government side could be very much discretionary at times
0: oh yeah no absolutely and and i think you find in every industry you know the the gratifying thing is you'll find people that will expend that you know that discretionary effort uh to go above and beyond um you know in every industry. Are,
1: are there instances as Pour Your Cup is developing out that that it may also, to a degree, become almost like a mentor relationship between, between people uh, that they're connecting on the website?
0: Yes. And so actually, that's one of the areas that we, um, I, I think it's going to have the most promise, but it's not the area that we started in first. And, and here's why. Um, I think the immediate benefit of trying to connect people over an internship you know, we'll get that kind of quick win. Sure. The longer term mentoring relationship, um, you know, the benefits of that may not manifest itself for many years. Sure, yeah. Uh, and so we decided to start with internships because to a certain degree, internships is kind of the intersection of mentoring uh, and jobs, uh, both of which are important. And so we thought that that might be the good, you know, kind of the win-win to get started. So
1: then where are the, the, the next steps do you think for Pour Your Cup?
0: So I think the next steps are, um, you know, we're going to look for a few other uh, pilot sites, but then beyond internships and advice, we are going to start doing mentoring. You know, there's a lot of talk about diversity in the New York city high schools uh, these days yeah. and the disparity uh, therein. And, um, you know, if, if we think about the mission of our alumni association at the high school, which is to, you know, which is to recruit, you uh, uh, develop and advance, um, you know, the gifted students of the school. Um, we'd like to focus on, you know, diversity as an initiative, and mentoring is going to be a big part of the, you know, of retaining good students, developing good students, and advancing them, uh, you know, to a certain point. So if we can connect, um, you know, our alums that are interested in diversity with a diverse uh, population that are in the schools. Uh, I think it could have a beneficial effect. There's
1: also something to be said of, of of having something like pour your cup just as a as a tool as a vehicle for high school students in general. When you think about all of the pressures that they're dealing with these days, and some of the the, the back and forth that occurs within the schools themselves.
0: Oh no, absolutely. I I actually think that uh, you know that pour your cup could be used within the schools for students to help each other. I mean, it, it could be that. You know, students need perspective from somebody that graduated in 1965, Uh, but maybe they also could use a connection with somebody that could provide, you know, tutoring or a little advice in math, uh, you know, within their own classes or maybe an upper class.
1: We're joined here in studio by Raymond Zhao, who's the founder and CEO of Covendis. He's also founder of Pour Your Cup. You're listening to Knowledge of Wharton here on Sirius XM 132, business radio powered by the Wharton School, our reunion radio uh, special. As uh, it is a graduation weekend here at the University of Pennsylvania. Also, uh, it is uh, alumni weekend as well. Going back to Cavendish for a second, in terms of the build-out of that type of service and that type of company, how much do you focus continuing to move forward with the relationship with state governments, but how much does it also play potentially into private businesses or or publicly traded companies as well?
0: Well, you know, so uh, when we first got started, actually, our software was being used, it was private labeled by, uh, by another uh, company for Bank of America at the time. And so this is when we first when we just got started. So I think, you know, there's an element of of the software and the business for Covendis, which is all about managing money and making sure that your bills are accurate and everybody's paid very quickly. so there yeah. are kind of financial flows that go through it yep. I mean we're processing hundreds of millions of dollars a year for government um, you know for for government agencies and it, it needs to be it needs to be right and so I think going forward we're actually developing ways that we can you know we can tie those financial flows and, and make them more accurate. Uh, you know, we just got our uh, SOC 2 certification for payments processing, which means that, you know, there's there's integrity that's built into all of the systems and processes. And hopefully that'll give people, uh, you know, a little bit more confidence uh, that their money is being managed well.
1: But I think for a lot of people that are listening out out there to us, having an entity like yours, like Covendis, is important for the government agency these days because of The issues of funding and and making sure that the dollars are actually being processed in the proper manner.
0: Oh, absolutely. And also that it's being processed efficiently. You know, you'd be surprised at how much uh, is done via paper. I mean, even to the point where there are some agencies uh, which, you know, everything that we have is online and they'll ask for a paper copy to be mailed to them. So uh, before they process it, so. I mean, you know, and, and of course we do it, uh, but uh, you know, there are more efficient ways. Is it surprising still that it is that involved with the paper that
1: we're still in this age of of email and and PDFing documents and such that they still want to actually see the old snail mail letter coming to them?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and and you know, there are some reasons why they might want to or, or need to have a paper copy, but uh, you know, there are certain processes, there are certain processes that have been established. You know, a long time ago, and for whatever reason, uh, they're still in place, and it's going to take a while for but that to
1: how, change. How has how has or how maybe will the fact that we are becoming more and more developed with our payment systems in general? How do you think that's going to impact governments and, and businesses like yours moving forward in terms of the processing of payments? Because there are still you you hear the stories from time to time of companies that are you know the payments they're expecting from X entity of the state government. They want it within 90 days. It doesn't come for, you know, a longer period of time as well.
0: Well, that's actually uh, one of the big problems that we're we're trying to solve. I mean, we can process payments today. We can turn around payments from uh, a government agency within one or two business days, Uh, whereas – you know, in other instances, uh, that might take thirty to forty-five days to be processed. So, yeah. a lot of governments, especially local governments, want to work with small and diverse companies, and these companies have cash flow issues. So, if we can, if we can compress the time that it takes for them to get paid from mm-hmm. the ninety-day example that you used or longer uh, down to fifteen or twenty days, um, and those small businesses don't have to factor their receivables, uh, yeah. which takes a, you know, which takes a, you know, anywhere between 20 and 30 percent, um, you know, right off the top for them. It could be a it could be a game changer. So when you gauge the, the
1: the need that is
0: out there and obviously I said your your company
1: is working with a variety of state governments right now, but also the needs of the local government, the state, the the, the county governments as well. Do you see? I mean, I think the needs are are important at all levels, but at times are the needs even more important at the lower levels of government comparison to the state government?
0: I, I think they are, and the challenge is is one of scale. I mean, from a, on a percentage basis, they could benefit more, but just the fact that they're a lot smaller means that you know we need to have a smaller and smaller footprint in order for it to be um, you know economically viable for them.
1: Great meeting you. Enjoy your weekend here in Philadelphia. Enjoy your reunion. And uh, we look forward to talking to again. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Raymond Zhao, uh, he is the founder and CEO of Cavendis. He is also the founder of Pour Your Cup, uh, is here as part of reunion weekend here on the Wharton campus. All right. Uh, first hour of the show is in the book. Second hour coming up in just a minute. We will have our number of the day. And then we are going to talk to a soon-to-be Wharton MBA graduate. Uh, who uh, just recently sold his company, focusing on information to millennials in terms of the investment sector. We'll talk with him coming up in just a second. And then in our final 30, we'll talk about the consumer side of healthcare. We'll be joined by United Healthcare's Chief Consumer Officer, Rebecca Madsen. We'll talk about some of the issues surrounding cost increases, things that consumers need to uh, think about when they're, if they are uh, looking at enrolling in the ACA, variety of issues talking about uh, health care and the consumer need coming up at 1130 Eastern Time. Second hour of Knowledge Award and getting underway in just a minute, our reunion radio special on graduation weekend here at the University of Pennsylvania. We continue with more in just a minute.